Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks so much for coming back to hang out with me today. This past Sunday, I sent out an email to everybody on that free VIP email list I have about my boyfriend. (laughs) I don't usually talk much about relationships, except I did a dating and fat loss podcast a couple months ago, but... This story was so good, the one I emailed out, that I had to share it with you. If you guys are not on the VIP list, what's wrong with you? Why not? Uh, You can get on the VIP list on the show notes page for today's episode on primalpotential.com or right on the homepage of primalpotential.com. Or if you're in the United States, you can just text the word primal to the number 44222. That'll get you on that free VIP email list so you don't miss any interesting or entertaining emails about my boyfriend or anything else. So without going into the details of that email, there's another aspect of that story I wanted to tackle today. The short version of the story that I went into a little bit more about in that VIP email is that as of a few days before this recording, my boyfriend has lost 19 pounds in 12 days. By the time you guys hear that, uh, it'll probably be more than that. But I think that's pretty wild, especially with the way he was approaching the change and and the reservations he had, not wanting to eat like a bird, not wanting to be hungry, etc. So I will quickly bring you up to speed before we dive into an interesting conversation that happened about this weight loss at dinner over dinner the other night. So let me bring you up to speed. Believe it or not, I don't talk about my work very much. Like most people in my life, other than my family, don't know what I do because... I mean, if they ask, I'll tell them, but I just, I don't know. I don't talk about myself very much. I don't talk about how I eat or how I exercise because that's not who I am. I'm actually a lot more interesting than what I eat and how I exercise, and food doesn't dominate my life. So if somebody asks me, I'll tell them, but nobody ever really asks, like, what's your philosophy on food and exercise? So my boyfriend doesn't listen to my podcast. We don't talk about the way I eat or the way I work out because, I don't know, life is more interesting than that. I am more interesting in that. So since he doesn't listen to the podcast, I was a little bit surprised when he asked how my interview with Mark Sisson went. He had seen me reading the book and he knew I was really excited to get an advanced release copy. And he asked how the interview went. I was just kind of like, fine, you know, like it was good. It was a great interview. And then he asked a few more questions. He wanted to know what exactly a keto reset meant, what it was, how it worked. And so I told him a little bit, but I didn't elaborate until he said he thought he wanted to try it. And he was admittedly kind of apprehensive because he likes beer, he's a former athlete, former military, he has an appetite, and the last thing in the world he is going to have any patience for is 
eating what he would consider rabbit food or being really hungry, right? So I, I gave him the basics, and I talk about those basics in episodes 388 and 389. I'll link to those in the show notes, and I'll also talk a little bit more about the specifics of what I told him at the end of this episode, but that's not the whole point. I'm just kind of bringing you up to speed. So he took it on, and not only did he lose 19 pounds in the first 12 days, he's really enjoying what he's eating, and he is less hungry, significantly less hungry than he was before he started, and he has more energy. So for him, he's not somebody that you know comes from a, a dieting history like I have, so he was expecting to have less energy and be more hungry, but he's got more energy and he's less hungry. So I'll talk more about the details of what he's doing at the end of this episode, but what I want to do is share a funny thing that happened on Friday night. So we were out to eat with a bunch of people, his friends, his family, and someone made a comment about the fact that my boyfriend wasn't eating the bread on the table when he normally would. Uh, for him to say no on the bread or on the beer, people noticed. So somebody kind of made a joke and said, oh, that's not on your new plan, kind of teasing him a little bit. And he just very calmly says, it's not so much that it's not on the plan, it's just not worth it. And I smiled because kind of sounds like he listens to the podcast, but I know for sure that he does not listen to it. <laughs> what he meant, though, was he could eat the bread, right? But there are things he'd rather have that are more worth it. And when you're really paying attention, you begin to be more selective. Whereas before, he would have been like, cool, there's bread on the table. I like bread. Eat bread. So what happened is he starts to tell the guys that he's lost 19 pounds in 12 days and all the unsolicited advice and opinion starts coming. And they're friends. That's how they roll, right? They're trying to be helpful. There was no ill intent whatsoever. They're sharing their experiences, what they believe to be true. And I disagreed with every single thing that they said to him, but I didn't say anything. I didn't counter or correct because I don't believe in unsolicited advice. If someone had said, Elizabeth, what do you think? I would have surely given my opinion, but they didn't because they weren't looking to learn something. They were sharing what they know, right? And there is no faster way to create tension or frustration than to get into it with somebody who isn't asking a question, right? who isn't looking for your opinion. And that's fine, right? They didn't need my opinion. They, didn't, they probably don't know that I have an opinion to share, right? So I just sat there and I ate my swordfish thinking about how you guys probably hear the same kinds of comments or concerns on a regular basis. So as they kind of went on and on and on, I was like, oh, I'll address all of this on the podcast with you guys. But I'll say this to start. The next time somebody starts spouting off weight loss advice, if you disagree with it, you don't have to say anything, right? I fortunately learned that years ago. I would waste so much energy if every time I heard somebody say something that I don't believe to be true or I know not to be true, if I engaged, I would be frustrated and exhausted all the time. So I just, unless I'm asked for my opinion, I just don't say anything because the worst way to ruin your night is to start engaging with somebody who wasn't looking for a contrary opinion to begin with. So, one of the first things that came up when he's like, yeah, guys, I've, I've lost 19 pounds in 12 days. The first thing was, that's too fast. That's too fast. If you lose weight fast, you're going to put it back on. Losing weight more slowly is better. And again, I said nothing, but two things came to mind right off the bat. First is, it's probably going to be fast at first. It's a lot of water weight. 
right? It doesn't take that long to shed water. Now, if he was losing 10 pounds a week every week for six months, that might be a little bit strange, but I can also assure you that's not going to happen, right? So whatever you think, don't rain on somebody's success when weight loss at the start is always faster, right? It's the first 12 days for crying out loud. And realistically, don't rain on someone's success, period. Second, the idea that losing weight fast means that you'll put the weight back on and losing weight slowly means you're less likely to, that's not a statement about biology. There's nothing about your body that says, oh, if you lose it fast, it'll come back on. It's about sustainability, right? It's that if you take on some dramatic hack that you can't sustain, of course you're going to put the weight back on. But that's true whether you lose weight quickly or slowly, because you can lose weight slow and put it back on. You can lose weight fast and put it back on. You can lose weight slowly and not put it back on, and you can lose weight quickly and not put it back on. It is about the sustainability of what you are doing. So if you're doing something crazy and the weight is flying off, you'll probably put the weight back on not because it came off fast, but because you're doing something you can't sustain. Same thing is true if you lose weight slowly through behaviors that you can't or aren't willing to sustain. You'll put the weight back on. That's why it's important to remember that Anything you consider a short-term hack, a short-term strategy, is going to lead to short-term solutions. If you are saying to yourself, oh my gosh, I can't do this, I'm miserable, I'm starving, I'm exhausted, I feel like crap, all I want is cake, whether the weight loss is fast or slow, you probably will not keep it off. What they weren't hearing him say, largely because they, they weren't having a conversation necessarily. Everybody just saw it as an opportunity to hear themselves speak, to share their experiences, which everybody loves to do. Everybody loves when they have an opportunity to tell a story about themselves or their experiences. And that's not a criticism. They were just sharing what is true for them or what they have heard, whether they are well-informed, misinformed. People just love the opportunity to do that. What they weren't hearing him say is, this feels easy. I feel great. I'm sleeping better. I have more energy. I'm less hungry now than I was before, and I'm eating foods I really enjoy. I could absolutely keep going, right? Then somebody asked what he was doing more specifically, and he commented that he was eating his first meal a little later in the day, around 10 or 11 a.m., sometimes even later than that, instead of first thing upon waking. So then the advice comes, you've got to eat first thing. It's super, super important. It's the most important meal of the day. You've got to have breakfast within an hour or so of waking up. Okay, you don't need to do anything. Yes, how you break your fast matters, right? So how you eat after an overnight fast, it does matter. It can set you up for success or struggle. But it's about what you break it with, not when you break it right? It's not about 7 a.m. versus 11 a.m. It's about cereal versus eggs or juice versus black coffee, right? One great strategy for improving your insulin response is to increase your fasted time. Now, you can do that on either side of the fast, which means you can either stop eating earlier in the night or you can push your breakfast time back later, or you can do both. Both are actually great strategies. There is no rule that everybody needs to eat within one hour of waking. Here's the thing, though. It might work for you to eat earlier in the day. You might find that if you don't eat pretty quickly after you wake up, that you're hungrier later. 
and that you're able to mitigate hunger, keep it at bay for longer if you eat earlier. But the opposite might be true for you. I know for me personally, the later in the day I eat, the less hunger I experience in the day. Now, I eat when I'm hungry. I'm not forcing that fasting period beyond the point of hunger. But if I'm not hungry in the morning, I don't eat, right? So the point here is, It does matter how you break your fast, with what food. And I talk about this in Q&A 6 way back a couple years ago. And I've also done a couple other episodes detailing breakfast. You can go to primalpotential.com, search breakfast, and those strategy episodes will come right up. But the important thing is how you break your fast, not when you break your fast. And extending your fasting period is actually a really great fat loss strategy for most people, but you can do that on either side. You can do that by having dinner end earlier. You can do that by having your first meal of the day later. The key is, though, what works best for you? If eating upon waking within a couple hours of waking sets you up for success, awesome. What you choose still matters. And if eating later sets you up for success, awesome. What you choose still matters. Another thing that came up because it was getting a little bit late when we were having our meal, somebody said, well, I mean, if you want to lose weight, though, you can't eat at night. I'm telling you, the worst thing you can do is eat at night. Now, there is something to be said for the fact that eating increases the stress hormone cortisol and cortisol suppresses melatonin. So when we eat close to when we are going to bed, we can suppress melatonin and that can impair our ability to fall asleep or stay asleep or get into those deeper, more restorative stages of sleep. However, what you eat and how much you eat matters so much more than when you are eating according to the clock. Now, this guy that said that had stopped eating at night and saw great success. So in his experience, that was legitimately very true, right? Here's the thing, though. He had been drinking and snacking late at night. So hello, it's because of the relative improvement and eating less, Sure, the time means a little bit because of the circadian rhythm and the hormones, but eating less is eating less. If you eat crap at night and you stop eating crap at night, your success comes from the fact that you stopped eating crap, not from the fact that you stopped eating at night. You know what I mean? So the big picture here is what works for you and what is an improvement for you and what feels sustainable for you. Following somebody else's strategy doesn't mean anything if it's not sustainable. I got a voice note from a former client today that said that after one of the fat loss fast tracks she did last year, she jumped on somebody else's program that was very much like a like a 12-step style where you can't have this and you can't have that. And she's like, and I lost 10 pounds, but then she almost immediately put it back on as soon as it was over because she could not stick with it. She, she would not stick with it. She wasn't willing to be that strict. So the key is what is sustainable? Nobody's plan matters if it doesn't work for your lifestyle and you are not willing to keep that up. Anytime that you are just grabbing a strategy for the sake of weight loss, if you are not planning to continue that more or less, for the rest of your life, you're going to put the weight back on. And there are two sides to this coin. 
Because you can be on either side of this, and I've certainly been on either side of this. Number one, you don't need to listen to everyone's opinion, but also you don't need to respond to everyone's opinion. And 99.9% of the time that you give your opinion on food or fat loss, no one has asked you. And that's why you feel frustrated, because then they want to argue because they were just trying to tell what they know. You don't have to agree with it. But it doesn't mean it's not true for them, and it's not your place to correct them unless they specifically ask you if you know something different, right? But also, just because you know what works for you, that doesn't mean you know what works, right? Just because you've done something that's generated a little bit of success for you, that doesn't mean it generates success, period, overarching for everybody. Everyone should be focused on what works for me, what's an improvement for me, what is sustainable for me. So if you guys want to know how he created the success in the, the 19 pounds in 12 days, which I'm sure by the time you guys hear this recording will be more than that, Listen to episodes 387, 388, and 389. 387 is how to become a better fat burner. 388 is the interview with Mark Sisson about his new book, The Keto Reset Diet. And then 389 is a follow-up on 388 to touch on a lot of the questions that we didn't get around to answering in 388. Really quickly, and I talked about this in the email, but I know not everybody got it or read it yet. He is eating a maximum of 50 grams of carbs per day. That 50 grams of carbs per day includes fiber. He has fewer carbs than that on days he does not work out. So 50 grams of carbs a day on days he's working out, closer to 20 grams on the days he does not work out. Because he works out, he is having 0.7 grams of protein per pound of lean body mass. So it's not 0.7 grams of protein per pound of body weight, right? That is not what it is. It is 0.7 grams per pound of lean mass. If you don't know your body fat percentage, there are tons of bathroom scales that you can get at Walmart or Target that give you an estimate of body fat percentage. Uh, You subtract, you figure out what that percentage is in pounds, subtract that out, and that is your lean mass. Most gyms will also have something like uh, bioelectrical impedance or calipers to do that as well, either for free or for like 10 bucks or something like that. Or you can you can guesstimate, right? You can guesstimate, I'm probably about 30% body fat, but always err on the side of being conservative with that number. So he's about 190 pounds of lean mass. So not total body weight, but his lean mass is about 190 pounds. He's like 6'1", 6'2". Um, so 0.7 grams of protein per pound of lean mass is about 130-ish grams of protein per day. And then he's eating fat to satiety, but the fat is coming from quality sources. So he's not doing like cream cheese and stevia mixtures. His fat is coming from coconut, avocado, salmon, chicken thighs. Focus first on nutrient density right? That is a big deal. As for specifically what he is eating, he is a huge fan of my cabbage salad bowl, which I linked to in that VIP email. Also, it's in my daily blog almost every day because I eat it almost every day. He loves the coconut wraps I got him from Thrive Market. So these are wraps instead of made of corn or wheat. They are made from coconut. And so he has heated them up and made like egg and sausage breakfast burritos, with these guys. Remember, if you go through Thrive Market, you can save 25% on your first order and get free shipping. If you go through the URL thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential, I'll link to that in the show notes as well. But those are the Nuco brand coconut wraps. 
And the other night, he fell in love with Mitza. I first heard of Mitza a few years ago from my friend Mary uh, Shenuda, the paleo chef. She's got some really complex recipes that I linked to in that VIP email. But Mitza, we keep it way simpler. Mitza is essentially pizza, but the crust is made of meat instead of dough. So he did just ground beef with some spices, baked it then topped it with tomato sauce and a three-cheese blend, and then baked it again. No recipe for you, but he was loving that. When we're out to eat, the other night, for example, he had mussels without the pasta, so just a plate of mussels in like a tomato broth, and I had swordfish, and we shared. And last weekend, we were watching football, for example. I made up a spread of prosciutto and goat cheese and almonds and Parmesan crisps and guacamole, stuff like that. So totally doable. If you want to know more about the strategy, though, check out episodes 387, 388, 389. Um, And if you're somebody that's looking for a substitution for some of the more starchy things, try those coconut wraps. Nuco brand. I got them from Thrive Market. Head to thrivemarket.com forward slash primal potential and check those out. Hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.